Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, UEFA A licensed coach and PDP technical advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you this week, mate? I'm very good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to another interesting conversation. And the question we are going to tackle first is, what are the main criteria when considering playing a player down? My son is Q4 and physically small, but I wonder where ability fits in. And this is coming from Ryan via Twitter. So I think he's implying that you know his son's going quite well technically there, um, but obviously as a Q4, and, and for those who may not be familiar with that term, that means he's born late in the school year or the final quarter. What are your thoughts initially around this one, mate? Yeah, this is a quite a complex one, isn't it? Um, something we've both got experience of. Um, for me, there's there's quite a few different factors that I think you've got to consider. Um, you know, whether that's technically, tactically, whether whether it's physical and what what that's going to look like right now versus what it will look like when he's you know 16, 17, 18. Um, but I think I would probably start with with you know the player and and where he's at and how he's feeling, you know, how his football's going because. There might just, this just might be part of the struggle that we have to sort of go through and then in a couple of years it could be fine. But if the player is, is super unhappy, I think that would be the starting point for me. How about you? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's always good just to ask the player. Um, obviously, we don't know the age of this particular individual, but it can help just to ask the player about, well, if you were to play down, how would you feel about it? And if that's a really difficult decision or difficult scenario for the player to deal with, then it would probably be one that you might really have to heavily consider before actually doing it. Um, we've both worked with a player in the past who's, who's um, still doing very well as far as we understand and um, was physically very small um, for a while there during that kind of under 12 age group. Um, and it was, it was something that we looked at and we did do for a period of time. I mean, I look at it and I go, you really have to consider it quite seriously because it can have big social implications. So the player could take it personally. The player could, could see it as, oh, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not at the level to play with my friends that I'm already you know, the same age of. But if the player is really physically struggling, um, it could be a reason to do so, or socially struggling if it's not working because maybe socially they found themselves down the pecking order because of that um, immaturity or inexperience. But I would look at it more in the sense that keeping them in that group where if they're going to be physically small, as you suggested, how are they going to be when they're 17, 18 or, or fully maturated? Um, I would look at it as one of those things where being around um, the land of the giants or bigger, faster, stronger can actually breed technical attributes such as better scanning, better awareness, quicker decisions, a lot of things that we might look for. Um, so I think it, it's a really tough one. Um, it does depend on how the player feels about it, you know, what the reasons are. Um, but given that this is a Q4 child who's obviously very young, um, if they're technically competent, I'd be inclined to say stay where you are. Mm. I think it could also depend on, on the sort of the environment that you're in. You know, if the club has a philosophy of, of you know, you making sure that you start 50% of the games or, you know, equal playing time or 50% playing time, I think there can be positives of just staying in the environment. 
you know, there, there are obviously some sort of horror stories of, of, you know, parents and players going, you know, two hours down the road and then playing eight minutes and, yeah. and that's just not beneficial. So it might be, you know, it might be a conversation for the player saying, you know, in this environment you'll play for this long, but in that environment you could play, you know, three or four times longer. I think I think that could be a no-brainer. Um, the, 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 the social issues that you touched on, I think, are huge because it can have sort of long-term long term effects if you say to a player, you're going to play down for this six weeks or even six months. I think that's a long time where they're not with their mates and this might be people they're going to school with, it might be people they're training with regularly. And so removing them from that circle could be quite uncomfortable. And then you've also got to think about when you reintroduce them, you know, what does that look like? Because they will have been away, so they'll have missed out on all the sort of... Uh, you know the in jokes and the training sessions and you know just the sort of general flow of practice so that that can have a long-term long-term standing but equally i suppose there are some some um some advantages of that i think somebody that's character is probably less dominant when you play them down an age group they sometimes can become that leader and feel a little bit more confident and competent to sort of say that this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and so you could go from sort of being you know a bit part player to being the main man which which you know could have some really good uh, implications in sort of that, that psychological corner. Mm. Um, I, I think I think you'd have to look at the game for me and, and look at how many repetitions they're getting of, of what the, you know what their action is. So if, you know if they're a, um, a wide player saying they need to cross the ball and beat people and they're just physically not able to do it right now and they're not getting those crosses and they're not being able to get repetitions of taking people on, then then how beneficial is that? And then you know, probably some of the experience of the coach of, you know, is, is this going to last for half a season, one season or, or two or three seasons? I think that would influence my decision of, of whether, you know, you give them, give them a, te- uh, you know, a spell going down. And then in that environment, whether you've got opportunity to, to do it very periodically, so it goes down for two weeks, comes back, or goes down for six weeks and comes back, and whether that's all of training sessions, summer training sessions, I think you can find sort of a happy blend in there somewhere as well. Mm, Definitely. I couldn't agree more regarding the sort of um, risks around the social side, but also the upside of being a leader going down. I think um, it very much comes down to the age of the player as well. This may be very different. And I was actually asked this question by a contact uh, recently regarding, uh, you know, their son. And this was a player who's now going into under 18 football, where it's a two-year kind of age bracket. So they're playing 17s or 18s but was a Q4 and had the opportunity to stay with the 16 age group. Now, for me, there's a huge advantage in having another year there in youth football as such before pushing on to what's getting close to the men's game and and being a leader and um, having that success. If it's been a tough season and and the player needs success, because as you say, they might not be getting it if they're a 1v1 player and just physically can't do it, then there may be some upside. So that player could develop in confidence if, uh, if they do need success. But as I said earlier, this is one that I think you've really got to consider around, well, does the player want to do it first and foremost, because it's about their experience and their enjoyment. And assuming this is a grassroots environment, um, making sure they're with their friends and having a good sporting experience has to be paramount. Um, But if there are some upsides that that are sort of tangible or or, um, able to be tracked and and there's an open dialogue and a real honesty with the player as to why we're doing this and we think this will benefit you, then it's worth considering. But Based on the implication that the player seems to be technically coping, I would be inclined at this stage to stay put and then see how things go. If if the player is really struggling to sort of be thrown in the deep end and swim at all, then it's a case of managing that uh, entirely. And we've actually got some pretty interesting content on the site around this. We've got a couple of articles from uh, Steve Lawrence in issue 10 and issue 11 of the magazine. One around relative age effect, which is obviously uh, the area that we're kind of talking about here. 
as well as biobanding, which is one way of, of perhaps um, looking at this issue and, and looking at how um, we can sort of place kids together physically and, and look at their biological age as opposed to uh, the other sort of factors that go with that. But that's also got to be done with a grain of salt and a lot of consideration and knowledge of the player at the center of it. Paul McGuinness's recent masterclass discussion, he spoke heavily about the advantages of mixed age groups and trying to recreate street football, so I'd recommend that masterclass. And later this year, we've got a fantastic conversation with Nick Levitt at the FA uh, around talent ID, and um, we, had, we recorded that one very recently, a really good discussion which goes into these kind of ideas. So some good content there, both on the site now and coming up shortly to look forward to. Any final thoughts on this one uh, out there from your perspective, Dan? Yeah, I think it just sort of links into, you know, that non-linear journey, doesn't it? It's not going to be the same for every single kid in your group. And, and having, you know, whilst some of it is guesswork, but having some idea of what the player is going to look like in the future. So, you know, if both parents are six foot one and at the moment the player is undersized, I'd probably just stick with it because he's going to be fine and this just might be part of his struggle. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then, and then you look at some players that were physically never uh, super. You know, look at someone like Iniesta. It would have been very interesting to see what he would have looked like at 12, 13, 14. And, and if he'd played him down in age group or two, would he still have that creative mind to, you know, to adapt when he's playing against a pod? But, or, you know, who knows? I think you, you sometimes got to let the guys struggle in that environment mm. as long as they're not drowning, I suppose, would be my message. If they're constantly, you know, against it and constantly not having... Um, Good performances and struggling to get those repetitions of those actions then i think it would be be time to look at it but um always good to sort of consider the whole picture i think yeah certainly plenty to think about in this scenario dan thank you for your time hopefully we've helped ryan out with a with a half decent answer there this week and we will look forward to another pdp q a very soon thanks for joining us on the player development project podcast you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.